like what you hear? It's your pal John, host of the John of All Trades podcast. That's Leaving Town by the Maslow, my guests on episode 261 of the John of All Trades podcast. Please stick around till the very end because you're going to hear that song in full at the end of this week's episode. Just wanted to give you a heads up about what's coming. Now it's time to start the show. Start the show! You have all made it to the dance. Coming to you from the X Access. It's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 261. Your host, John X. Thanks for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And man, time for more punk rock, right? The sun is shining. Hopefully you're getting out there a little bit, being safe, of course, wearing your damn mask because we're trying to have a society here. Keeping your distance, but you know what? Get on that highway, roll down the windows, and let's play some tunes. And in the spirit of that, in the spirit of summer, in the spirit of getting the hell out of this town, I talk to the Maslows. Now, the Maslows are a Lakewood-based pop punk band that I got introduced to thanks to a guy named Tyler Harvey. Sent me a link to their new single, Leaving Town. I listened to it, and I go, I have to talk to these guys. So we hooked up last week, chatted for about a half an hour about all things music, their aspirations for their band, why they mixed, mastered, and produced their entire album themselves. 14 tracks, not knowing how to do it, teaching themselves all the way. That is punk rock, baby. That is DIY. I dig that vibe. I dig that these guys are doing this when they still have day jobs. I mean, that's passion. That's hard. You don't start a band to make money. You start a band because you love it, because you want to bring the rock, and because you want to melt everyone's face clean off. That's my kind of vibe. These are my peeps. And as a special bonus, I already alluded to this, you're going to get to hear Leaving Town on the back end of this episode. So stay tuned to the end. I'm not going to do a traditional pre-recorded outro. We're just going to leave you with rock. That's the way it ought to be, right? And it's apropos because no show next week. I'm on the road. I'm taking a road trip with the family. Don't worry. We're staying safe. We're not being weird. We're not looking to be the COVID Johnny Appleseed around Western Colorado or anywhere else we're going. But we got to hit that highway. And I know you're starting to go crazy. But let's take care of each other. That's what punk rock is about. And if we can listen to some cool tunes along the way, let's do it. So in the spirit of that, in the spirit of getting this going, and because I don't have an outro, I got some plugs to do here at the front end. Any podcatcher you're listening on, hit that subscribe button. Brand new episodes will come directly to you. You don't even have to do anything. I record the new hotness. It comes directly to your phone. It's one of the things about America that is not annoying me right now. Secondly, if you would be so kind as to leave a rating and leave a review... That would be greatly appreciated. That helps me move up in terms of visibility. How? I don't know. But what I do know is that when you show some love, everyone, whether they want to admit it or recognize it or not, is in the promotions business. So if you're passively scrolling on every single platform that you're on, you're not engaging with posts, you're not retweeting things, you're not liking, you're not sharing, you're not commenting. Basically, you are a consumer and you're not doing anything to help the art or the people that you love. So anytime you can leave me a rating, leave me a review, means the world to me. Thank you for listening. Likewise, that applies to social media. J-O-A-T pod is the handle. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. Facebook and Twitter are probably the most active, but you know what? Hit that like button. Hit that retweet button. If I'm doing something that you enjoy, show some love. The Maslows are doing something like their stuff. All of their social media handles are on the website or in the show notes. So start interacting with the things that you love. 
That will help their visibility. That helps create more things that we all love. So whether or not you admit it or whether or not you even want to recognize it, you're in the promotions business. Help out the things that you like, especially local stuff. Third, pay some love to our sponsor, 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, if you're a business, if you're running a campaign, if you care about an issue, nonprofit, whatever it is, 4Degrees can help you do it better. They'll build you a website, and then they will put together an awesome campaign using social media marketing or online advertising or any of a bunch of other tools, too numerous to name here, but they will get your message in front of the audience that needs to hear and see it most, and they will move the needle for you in the online space. They're amazing at what they do. The owner of that firm, Zach, is a close personal friend of mine, and I'm proud that he has chosen to sponsor this show for the six plus years and 260 plus episodes I've been on the air. So thank you, thank you, thank you to 4Degrees. Keep kicking ass and use them whenever you can. The number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. John of All Trades is produced by Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. This is my flagship show. I've been producing John of All Trades for six and a half years. Did you know I also produce three other podcasts? I can produce one for you. I've got two more coming in development as we speak. We're putting good content into the world that matters. We're building high-quality shows for audiences that need to hear them. Are these going to be iTunes Top 100? Probably not. You never know, but probably not. But what they are is a new way of people interacting with your company, your organization, your brand. It's a way to tell your story in an intimate, three-dimensional, and game-changing way. So you want to start a podcast? Hit up Deft. D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. You can email me, john, J-O-N, at deftcom dot U-S. Now, I think that's all the plugage we'll do here. This is long enough as it is. We've got a great conversation coming up here. I've got Nate Hout and Colton Cooker. They are with the Maslows. Just a great, great band. Super nice dudes. And you know what? Fully DIY. They have produced their debut album, which drops Thursday, August 6th, all on their own. Produced, mixed, mastered. It's insane. And you know what? I think they did a kick-ass job. So stay tuned at the end. We've got their single, Leaving Town. But before that, great conversation. Episode 261, Nate Hout, Colton Cooker, The Maslows. And it starts right now. Well, we're both actually from like really pretty much the same area we went to green gables elementary which is like roughly wadsworth and jewel oh yeah totally. creek high school yeah so really really like the jewel and wadsworth area yeah yeah that's exactly the cross streets i'm at too so it's kind of kind of cool that we're neighbors oh dude that's funny because when i was in high school i used to buy cloves from that smoker friendly on uh <laughs> like oh yeah garrison oh, yeah, yeah. and what yeah, is yeah. that is that jewel <laughs> or is that alameda it might be, yeah, Alameda. Like, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Like, that thing might still be there. Yeah, I think it yeah. is because I got a friend who lives over there. And so it's so funny driving by. I'm like, A, it's weird that I used to shop there a lot. And B, it's weird that I used to smoke cloves. Like, how embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very liquid thing. <laughs> it, it is, in fact, a very liquid thing. You got an album dropping coming up. When is the album dropping? One week from today. One week yep. from today, recording this, we're recording this. Uh, let's see, July thirtieth. So, what is that? August sixth. August third or sixth. <laughs> <laughs> August sixth. Yeah. August sixth. Oh, okay, so perfect. <laughs> this is going. Huh? 
you got you to get a little looser here, Nate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's funny, so this is Nate Hout and Colton Cooker. They are with the Maslows, uh, a band I recently got introduced to, and uh, I think you guys are killer. Like, you guys are deeply, deeply my shit. So what, right. when I heard it, like, Tyler, uh, so we got hooked up through Tyler Harvey, and Tyler sent it to me, and I go, yes, I got to talk to these guys because this is my kind of sound, and... Like this, this is what I've loved my entire life. So you guys rip, and I'm really excited you got your debut album dropping. Oh, thanks, man. That that means so much to hear that someone out there that we didn't know, it's not friends and family, actually heard it and liked it. You know. Well, you know, I suspect, uh, and what I'm planning on doing is uh, I'm going to put the song that uh, which one did he send me? I think it was Leaving Town. He sent me that, uh, and if it's cool with you guys, I'm going to play it in the episode so everyone can get a taste of it because... Awesome, yeah. Yeah, no, it deserves to be heard. So how long have you guys been at it now? Um, so we formed in uh, 2017 uh, with the most recent rendition of the band, but I've known Colton since uh, way back when in grade school. So we've been friends since, I want to say, early 2000s. So we've been, we kind of started writing music in uh, sixth grade as a joke, and it kind of evolved from there. So, As a joke, what kind of songs were you writing in sixth grade? Uh, we were obsessed with soy milk for some reason. I don't know. But yeah, they weren't any good songs. Yeah, our first band name was American Soy Milk in sixth grade, and we have no idea why. We didn't even know what soy milk was in sixth grade. And and what kind of sound was uh, Mega Stars of the Future, American Soy Milk? What, what, what were you guys like? I think... I wanted the band name to be Rancid Soy Milk, but someone, an adult administrator, came up to me and was like, you can't name the band that. There's already a Rancid. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but and I think we we all like grew up idolizing like Blink-182 and Sun 41, Goldfinger, Bouncing Souls, all that stuff. So, Yeah. that I, So it's funny. The last concert I went to before the whole lockdown happened was Goldfinger at the Gothic. Uh, were you guys at oh, that yeah. one? No, but I wanted to go. It was killer. It was sold out. And, I mean, Goldfinger's been a band for, good God now, like 30 years probably. Yeah. And, like, John Feldman, the lead singer, has gone on to do, like, all this production stuff. He's a huge deal. Um, I think even he was shocked that Goldfinger sold out in 2020. But, like, Denver, yeah. Denver's a great punk rock town. Like, did you guys grow up going to shows? Yeah, definitely. Around the area. I mean, like... I remember my first concert ever, which must have been like seventh grade or something. My cousin took me to, let's see, I guess it was the Gothic. Yeah, the Gothic. And we were supposed to see Zebrahead. I don't know if you remember those guys. Uh, dude, I was probably at this show because I've seen Zebrahead at the Gothic. Okay. So you you probably went on the right night. So <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think the show was Saturday and we went, or the show was on Friday, but we thought it was Saturday. So we went on Saturday and the venue was like, guys, you missed. <laughs> and I was like the saddest little seventh grader. But, wow. So it's like a very pre-internet problem. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's so funny. Like, Zebrahead is massive in Japan. They're like huge. And so it feels like they never tour around the U.S. anymore. Yeah, what? we, me and Nate saw them at Warp Tour. Man, when was that? When? Yeah, was that was a while ago. That, was, that might have been like 2005, 2006. But yeah, they were on a very tiny stage. I remember that. And... Dude, oh, great. okay, I think I was at that Warp Tour also. Um, so you said you guys were like in seventh grade, something like that, in 2006? Sounds right. 
Anyway, the point is, you're, right, you're yeah. much younger than than I was because I went and I was desperately hungover. Uh, <laughs> and like Warp Tour is always so hot. Yeah. And like it's just it, like it's a brutal experience and it's so funny. So in 2006, I was like 25. And I'm like, okay, I think I've aged out of this, which makes me so sad. <laughs> because like my body just can't hack it the way it used to. Like I can't bounce back the way I did and like I can't handle the heat. You know, warp to a rest in peace. What are you going to do, right? I know, that's sad to say goodbye. But so it's so funny like <clears throat> when I was listening to Leaving Town, I'm like, yeah, okay, so these guys had to be into the same stuff I was. And you mentioned Goldfinger, you mentioned Blink, you mentioned some. It's so funny. Like, did you ever see that Sum 41 video where the record executive is trying to talk them out of, like, or, like, drop the number from their name? And Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was like, the kind of parody, um, I forgot what uh, song it was for, but, yeah, they were... They ended up being the sums. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he's he's like he's like the uh, the the numbers are done. Blink one eighty two, Green Day seventy five. They're done. They're done. <laughs> he's like, you know what it is? It's the Strokes, the Hives, the White Stripes. Oh, that's right. The sums. Hmm. Yeah, I love that video. But like, so did you guys grow up listening to like Fat Records and Epitaph and that kind of thing? Like, who were some of your other groups that you guys were into? Yeah, absolutely. I remember having like all the Epitaph compilations back when they would do those like yearly releases. And that's where I found a lot of my music. Circling back to when you were mentioning John Feldman, we were just talking the other day about how like our dream would be to have one of our songs get on Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh, God. That's yes. like where we like found Goldfinger, for example, and like so many classics. Dude, that was the first time I remember hearing Millen Colin was on like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Yeah, the second one. That was great. Um, the soundtracks on those things are iconic. And, like, it's so funny. So you mentioned video games, and then you mentioned the epitaph comps. And so it's interesting to me because I interviewed Jake Kiley from Strung Out. And he talked about how important those comps were in, like, growing a band back in the day. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like there's as much of that anymore. So I'm curious, like, you guys have been around since 17 what kinds of things do you do to grow a band in this day and age? I mean, it's hard when there's no shows right now, but prior to kind of COVID, what were you guys doing to get your name out there and build a following, you know, besides getting on any show you could? But, you know, like, how has social media changed the game? What what angles are you guys working? Yeah, very, very much a challenge to kind of grow, just with, rolling with the punches of, like, the ever-changing social media landscape and all that stuff. We did our best growth when we... um we're just kind of paired up with bands at certain shows and we just ended up meeting them, meeting their friends and kind of doing the old school way through that kind of made some good friendships that way and got our music in front of different people and all that jazz. But yeah, just recently all our socials are kind of blowing up too. So nice. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see that growth too. There's the, the COVID growth is what I want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) The COVID growth happening in more than one way, I think. So, like, who are some of the bands that you've hooked up with here in town? Like, like who who are some of your guys? Because two years ago, I interviewed this ska band in town called Younger Than Neil. Oh yeah, and those guys are killer. Like, they're <laughs> they're so much fun. Um, and they mentioned kind of the same thing. Like, they'll go to different cities and they'll be like, "Okay, what bands are here? Who are the club owners? Who are the promoters? Who are some of the guys you've you've hooked up with?" 
we play a lot of shows with Stray the Course. Have you heard of those guys? They're a similar outfit to us, pop punk. Definitely listen to a lot of the same kind of bands. And then Major Glenn is another one, but they're more on like kind of the sort of garage rock kind of sound. Yeah. Yeah, I'll throw in another Lakewood name, um, the Potato Pirates. Oh, my God, again. the Potato Pirates, yes. They went to uh, Green Mountain, actually. Yeah. And, uh, I was friends with one of the guys' roommates or something like that, but it's just another funny connection. Dude, That's um, I remember the Potato Pirates. I've seen them a bunch of times. There was a band when I was in high school, and like they stuck around for a while. They had a, a few fairly large hits, but have you guys ever heard of a band called Pinhead Circus? Kind of sound familiar, yeah. Okay, so their lead singer is a guy named Scooter James, and he's still around, and he's still, like, popping. He's still doing stuff. And once we're done talking here, like, once we're off mic, remind me, um, I got some introductions I want to make for you guys, um, because I like your yeah. sound, and uh, there, there's just people in the scene who I think you should know. Yeah, we would totally appreciate that. We, I don't think we're uh, as networked as we should be, you know? <laughs> well, again, it's hard right now, man. Like, it's... It's insane times. And so I'm curious, like, you're dropping this album. It, like, are you working the socials hard right now? Because, I mean, you can't tour the album. And the thing right. that kills me the most, I mean, I'm an old punk dad at this point. Like, I have two kids. My kids are five and four right now. So I don't get out as nice. much as I'd like. But, like, I, if, I, if I'm going anywhere, like, if you know, that's away from home. I'm going to a show. Me and my best friend just finished the Lesson Jake 30 day song challenge. Like we were posting a Lesson Jake song one a day um, for 30 days. But the thing that kills me is I think it's going to be the last thing that comes back like live shows and particularly like punk and hardcore shows. Yeah. Well, it's so tough, man. Cause even the shows that are starting to come back, it's like everyone just has to reserve a table. You have to be seated at the table. There's no one in the front row there's no such thing as a front row anymore like it's not really a show (laughs) i mean it's live music i guess but it's not the same thing no it's like an exhibition yeah like so how are you guys you know you're you're dropping this album in the middle of the pandemic what are you guys doing to uh to get it out there we are trying to be as creative as we can because like the traditional way like you said is just to kind of tour the album and promote it that way but we've looked into like one of there's a really cool Facebook group that is like a Rocky Mountain virtual something or other where they just like host uh, and stream like a bunch of live performances. I think that's like a cool like way to reach people. And I think people are really desperate for <laughs> some sort of normal <laughs> yeah, desperate. Yeah. Is that but weird? Yeah, we're, we're just being yeah creative and trying to like we're printing CDs. I think that'll maybe give some people some nostalgia that'll. <laughs> bring them back to like just looking at a CD instead of just a computer screen all the time. But well, dude, I like, I mean, as I've articulated to you, I'm old as shit already here. Right. Um, so I miss like looking at liner notes. There's, there's just something nice about having something tangible. And like they say outside of digital, the only place where record sales are growing are in vinyl. But you know, I wonder if CDs, I wonder if they're due for a comeback because like tapes had their time here. Not that long ago. Which was weird to me because tapes are clumsy and a pain in the ass to use. Um, but yeah. I think that's cool. You guys are doing a CD. Yeah, well, it's just really important to us. You know, from the beginning of the iteration of the Maslows, we say iteration just because we've, over the years, me and Nate have had so many bands together. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we really wanted to do an album, even though everyone says you should only do singles. They say it's like, you know, the era of just release a single every few months. But we just wanted a full 
encompassing body of work and we wanted something physical so that's the cd we also are going to print vinyl that'll probably be a couple months later but sure yeah we've got we've got artwork we've got lyrics book you know everything you can actually just like hold and remember those good old 90s 2000s (laughs) days of blink and american pie and just like all the kind of you know things that you think of yeah i uh i think that's a good way of differentiating yourself too because like to use kind of a weird analogy like investment guru warren buffett always says like when people are optimistic that's when i'm fearful when people are fearful that's when i'm optimistic so when everyone else zigs he zags so everyone's telling you to just release singles every like every so often i don't know man i think punk is different like you're you're not doing things the way everyone else says you're supposed to do them so like I identify with the music easier for whatever reason when it's like part of an album. If it's just a collection of singles, I don't form an attachment to it the same way that I would otherwise. Are you guys kind of the same way? Absolutely. Like it's it's so funny. Like I'll I'll pop on Twisted by Design by Strung Out or something or you know like Siren Song of the Counterculture by Rise Against and I know how those songs are going to flow like one into another. And so like listening to the album for me is more of an experience rather than like if I just hit shuffle on my iTunes, which I do, and and that's a particular type of experience, I think it's it's a little bit less fulfilling than popping on an album. Yeah, and we get to go a little bit deeper. For example, we have this song that Nate wrote for us called Breakfast Epiphanies. And like calling it a joke song isn't the right word, but it's like kind of an out there song that wouldn't we probably wouldn't have released it if it, we were only doing singles. But because we have the album there's this room for just this really over the top exuberant, like fun, you know, funny song that we get to put in there. And we're really excited about that one, especially. Well, totally. It's like on blinks, uh, take off your pants and jacket. There's just happy holidays. Yeah. Happy holidays. You bastard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that would stand alone as its own single. right? (laughs) No, you release that. They're like, what the hell is blink doing? But yeah, like I love that there's breathing room for that. Like in hello rock view by lesson Jake, there's just like this live cut of them singing that weird mustache song. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you know? And you go, what What the hell is this? But it becomes part of the experience, and it's something that you look back on fondly. And like they'll break it out of the live show. You go, holy shit, that, yes. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, I'm glad that you get it because at least there'll be at least one person that understands why, why we had to do this, and you'll get to experience it in full. Well, dude, it's one of those things like you hear this over and over again. Like you don't start a band to make money. You do it because you can't not do it. Um, yeah. And you guys have been exactly. at it since since you were 12. Um, <laughs> ultimately, so like what does kind of ultimate success look for you? Because like, I mean, I, I've been around long enough to know for a punk band, especially in 2020, there's going to be like a ceiling on it. The music of the mainstream is kind of moving away from sort of traditional rock and like four and five piece type bands. You don't see that as much kind of in the top 40. So for you guys, when you envision like what does ultimate success look like, can you articulate that for me? Yeah. Like you said, like being a punk band, like we're not trying to like break any genres or like any major boundaries. I think like a big meaning of being punk is like rebellion and changing like like the, even the genre punk is like ever changing because like there are still punk bands being punk out there like it's not like this conformist thing i would see the success in the band just 
I mean, kind of what we're doing now. I mean, I'm just, I just want to get it in front of as many people as I can and hopefully they like it. If they don't, it's okay. I mean, I would just feel good just putting it out there and like being okay with that. I know that's a super humble response, but. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, that's, that's honest because, and like, here's the thing. You'll climb whatever mountain it is you set in front of yourself. Like if you guys stick to it and you know, you're dedicated and you look for opportunities and you, you know, even doing something like this, like the more media you do, the more you talk to people and then like you'll figure out a new mountain. So I was listening to Chris DeMakes a podcast. So he's the lead singer of Less Than Jake. And he talked about when they started Less Than Jake, their big goal was to play like the, the main venue that's in Gainesville. And so I, I think the rough equivalent of that would be something like the Gothic or, you know, the Ogden or whatever, right? So that was their goal. They're like, if we play that, if we headline that, then we've made it, right? And then they went on to blow that goal out of the water. So I think it's all incremental. Like, you'll climb one mountain, you'll figure out the next one to climb. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I really love, John, what you said about you don't do it or you you don't you do it because you can't not do it. Like, that's something that we just have figured out every time like we try to quit music like it always sneaks back in and i think two years ago our our goals were a to make an album and b to play the bluebird and the bluebird i guess is on hold (laughs) sure yeah the situation but we did the album so i guess it's time to come up with a new goal you know i love the bluebird it's uh i mean that that venue is where i saw so many bands i saw a yellow card there one time um, oh, nice. headline at one o'clock in the afternoon and awesome. Yeah, it was, <laughs> well, dude. Okay. So get this. I think I've told this story on the show before, but I was seeing the mad caddies. And so this was in like 2001 or something like that. And the caddies were headlining the two underneath bands were rise against and yellow card, like yellow card was the opening act. And so wow. like I do this thing where I go to shows, I always get there for the opening band. Like, and I'm still old. Like, it's so being old, I still do that. Like, that was something I did when I was like 16 because I didn't have anything better to do anyway. And so, like, you may as well go down there and, you know, stand and do whatever you're going to do. That was back when you could smoke inside, too. But so, you know, we'd all be sitting there smoking cigarettes. Yeah. But you never know who you're going to find, right? So I saw them, I saw that show, Yellow Card opened for it. And then I saw Yellow Card headline, and there was this local band there called Step Short, which later became a band called No Bueno. Um, and they're kind of big here in the local scene. They, they play with Authority Zero all the time. And so oh, yeah. it's, it's like one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys is because it breaks my heart that you can't play shows right now. Tell me about it. <laughs> are you guys feeling that? And how are you coping with that feeling of not being able to get out there and be in front of people so we haven't played a show since last uh april was it nate mm-hmm. played Larimer yeah Larimer. last show was april april so of 19 yeah yeah yep. wow because we decided we would not when we embarked upon doing the album and recording it ourselves in this room actually oh nice we decided all right not play another show until the album was done and it turns out it takes a really long time to learn how to to make an album and produce it and everything and so we're really hurting for a show right now and we're really wanting to play a huge one for the album release and now we can't so wait a minute you guys produced like mixed and mastered this entire album yourselves yeah are you guys insane what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) man if we were to do it again i don't know if i'd do it but i mean we're definitely proud of what happened 
uh, you know, it was like, it was like thousands of hours of YouTube tutorials. <laughs> like, wow. How do we do this? How do we do that? Yeah, we're um, shooting for so the that's why it took so long. Well, dude, that's amazing because, I mean, you guys own every single inch of this now. How many bands can say that? And, like, how, how do you feel in, about your skills now? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling strong? Or are you, I don't know, still kind of getting there? Um, I'm uh, feeling good. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm like, I sometimes, like, listen to a song on the radio and then I play one of ours back to back just to see where we're at, like, just to, like, double check. And, like, it kind of fits in. It, like, I think we did, like, a, a tremendous job just nailing every, like, drum lick and guitar part and all that stuff and i think it really is really tight well so, yeah if we, if we ever had to do it again hopefully it would go a little more streamlined a little <laughs> faster <laughs> a little less youtube yeah so listening to leaving town i wouldn't have guessed like i, I wouldn't have guessed that you did this yourselves and i well thanks i take that excellent compliment, compliment for sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's amazing so what possessed you guys to do that oh man i, I don't know like we've tried to come up with answers for that question <laughs> and I'm not sure if any of them are really the truth but we just for sure wanted this like holistic picture of the entire album like um mixing was just something that we were kind of interested in um like Daniel our drummer he was really interested in a lot of the arranging and putting together this like kind of the synth background elements I don't know if you could hear some of that kind of subtle stuff in leaving town we just kind of wanted to do it all and we kept thinking like hey maybe we'll hire someone to mix it maybe we'll hire someone to master it but then every time it came time to do the next step we're just like well, let's see if we can do it and then we just kind of got obsessed dude diy it's i mean it's the punk rock ethos yeah totally all right so we give did me... not realize that while doing it but <laughs> i'm glad we did it, it kind of fits that way yeah yeah for sure okay so give me a flavor of the album how many tracks what what kind of stuff? I mean, I like everyone will have heard leaving town after listening to this interview, but uh, what other kind of stuff on there? And thematically, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, we've got fourteen tracks, so I could just uh, hopefully give you an inference of how long that took. So <laughs> we didn't we didn't like make a conservative number like seven or eight, but we went. No, you did like 14. full. I mean that, that. Yeah, all out. Yeah. 14 that, tracks, we even had some that we cut. So, Dude, that's like a band's like third album, usually, <laughs> when there's like 14 tracks. So you guys are shooting the moon, man. I dig that. Yeah, for better or for worse. Yeah, I think we chose Leaving Town as the first single just because I think it's pretty representative of the album as a whole. It's definitely, it's high energy. It's very sing-along. You know, we kind of imagine you like blasting it in your car as you're driving up the mountains or something like that or like downtown denver you know we break away in a couple moments like i mentioned breakfast epiphany is kind of this long ballad we did put one slow song on there we've got a couple darker songs we've got a, a all-out punk banger that's you know over 200 bpm what's it called banana beats or whatever it's like bum, ba -da -bum, ba -da -bum, ba -da -bum, but <clears throat> nice uh yeah I, I think there's a little bit a little bit of something for everyone in the punk scene at least well, dude, I mean, that's like that's what's fun about punk. So, like, there are times where I'm super in the mood for something like Pennywise, right? Where it's just like balls to the wall, you know. And then sometimes I want something a little more mellow or a little bit poppier. But like, I kind of want that that punk vibe. So it's cool that that you're doing different flavors. You know, you said you had a slower one. You have some darker ones. It's like, hell yeah, man! Like a song for any mood, right? Exactly. Yeah, and hopefully we arranged them in a way that kind of 
takes you on the uh, emotional journey in that way too. So we uh, we purposely didn't put them all next to each other and uh, tried to make it like a whole experience, like you said before, just kind of having that ebbs and flows and all that stuff that just kind of makes an album so great. Totally. When you say take you on the whole emotional journey, does the album tie together? Like, is there a theme? Is there an underlying story? Is that something you created intentionally or does it kind of reveal itself after you've done the whole songwriting process? I think once you get to the end, you'll, you'll, uh, (laughs) you'll hopefully get the thematic, the thematic elements of it. I think, um, we didn't have a theme going in, but after we, so we had 20 tracks that we recorded and we were really happy about all of them. And then we all voted and narrowed it down to the 14 that made the final cut. And after looking at them, we kind of did identify a theme and it seems to be this, this thing about, about like growing up. And so we just, all of us just turned 30 this year, except for Dan, who's two years younger, but uh, we just turned 30 and we kind of felt like, you know, when we used to listen to Blink as like teenagers, it was all about like, oh, growing up sucks. And now it's like, we grew up and it still kind of sucks. <laughs> we're like, just, you know, we found these jobs and stuff that we're in and we're like, oh man, this, this isn't quite the promised land. So I think that's kind of, kind of where it ended up going. I mean, obviously like you haven't played a show in forever. You guys have day jobs. Would it, would a fair goal be to have music be your primary source of income? Like, is that, would that be kind of a pinnacle that you guys would want to achieve? Man, I, I, we have had this conversation as a band before. It's, it's, it's interesting. Cause like you have all the security of being an, an adult and like working how many years to get there. And like, like I'm looking to buy a house in a couple of years and yeah. he's already a homeowner and we're all getting like dogs and babies and stuff. We're all <laughs> thinking about that stuff. So, I mean, that would be, that'd be awesome. I would, I mean, I love what I'm doing music wise. And I, I think that's like a big part of the career goal is to kind of do what you love. So if we can certainly ironically kind of fund our adult lives with our younger music, I think that would be ideal. So like, will you be satisfied if that doesn't happen? And you're like, I, I don't want to call you hobbyists because you're professionals. You're putting together this album. You know, you, you have aspirations to, to play the bluebird and things like that. Will you be satisfied if that doesn't happen? Man, I think the the dream was to make an album, and we did it. And we're so proud of what we did that I think no matter what happens, we're satisfied with the accomplishment. That being said, now that we're here and we've done it, and, you know, I don't know if you've hiked 14ers, but they kind of talk about, like, false summits, where you think you're about to the top, <laughs> then you get over the hill. <laughs> There's, like, another huge hill to get to the top. And that's, I think, what we we just kind of got to a false summit where we're like, well, we're super stoked, but there's definitely room to keep improving, and I don't know why we'd stop now. That's awesome. I think that's a really good way of looking at it, too. It's like, uh, it's like I said, with Less Than Jake, you know, you guys, you'll figure out the next mountain to climb, and whether they're false summits or whether they're real ones, if it's a false summit, keep going. If it's a real one, find a new summit, right? Oh, that too, yeah. So <laughs> I like, yeah, that. like that a lot, yeah. All right, well, cool. I know you guys got to get out of here soon. So for now, where can people find you? This is when we do plugs on the show. So uh, anything you want to plug, your website, social media, uh, if you guys have like a Spotify link, Bandcamp, whatever it is, now is the time to plug it. Yeah, it's basically at the Maslow's on all socials. Uh, obviously on Spotify, go 
pre-save our album, you can find our pre-save link on all of our socials, uh, themaslows.com, if you want just an easy way to find all those links. Yeah, we got all the socials covered. So we're on Twitter, Facebook, Bandcamp. Um, I think we even have a SoundCloud out there somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, there's multitude of ways um, to listen. We're on Apple Music as well. So pick your poison, but... Fantastic. Well, I will link to all of that in the companion blog piece. That'll be on johnofalltrades.us. Also in the show notes, if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or any of a billion other podcatchers, just check the show notes. You will find links to all of that. Colton, Nate, this was a real pleasure, man. Uh, And I wish you guys the best of luck. Great success with the album. And uh, I can't wait till we're all actually allowed to be in public together again. Because... uh, I'll come down there, and I've, I've said this before. Once everything is in the all clear, I cannot wait to jump into a mosh pit. Yeah, thanks so much, John. We really appreciate it, man. It's really fun talking to you. Yeah, you got it. All right, continued success to you guys. All right, thanks all right. so much. And now, here's Leaving Town by the Maslows. Trust me, you'll see this town 
a sabbatical Something to turn the party radical They say that we'll never get out of here That's good, Johnny. 